Amen, amen. Hey, we're going to put up the title of this message, and the message is Finding God When Your World is Upside Down. Tell you what, just say that with me. Finding God when your world is upside down. Finding God when your world is upside down. Have anybody in here ever felt uh, abandoned by God at any point? Is that a real thing? Okay. Have you, like, you're, like God has forsaken you and you're like all on your own? Well, if you really get into that state of mind and you believe that he's tuned you out, it can set you up for this deep emotional feeling of being distraught. Like, and distraught simply means, the first definition of distraught is, is uh, distracted or easily agitated. It can get into being, when you're really distraught, you're mentally deranged <laughs> and you're crazed. And that would be a bad place to be. And I believe all of us have fallen into this pit. Whether it's due to many adverse circumstances that have piled up one after another in your life, it can happen that way. Or some mistake that's just eating your heart alive where you are weighing over your head. And so the question is, you know, can God be found when we're in that state of mind? Well, I have some good news for you. The Lord can be found when you're going down for the third time. The Lord can be found when all others have forsaken you. The Lord can be found when your life, business, health, marriage, family, finances, your hope for your future have taken a hit. And uh, so we're going to talk about that today. Because the Lord can be found when your world is turned upside down. And I want to look at a, a verse in Matthew 9.36. But before we get to that, we're going to look at the context of it. Matthew 9.35. Matthew 9.35 says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogue, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and affliction. Right before we go on, I'd like to ask us to lift our heads once again, if you close your eyes with me, because we're asking Jesus to come into this place, as we have been, and I want to invite him to do a special and deep work in us during this time. We're going to have communion in a little bit. And I believe that we have an impartation of the Lord's touch coming to us. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever he did then, he'll do now. And as we look into your word, Lord, I ask that you would cause it to manifest the fullness of what you intend in each heart, no matter what age. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So this uh, healing every disease and every affliction, the word disease in the, is a Greek word for malady or of certain infirmity. And affliction is the word for softness, meaning bodily weakness, debility or infirmity or sickness. And so these, these physical words... These physical, uh, their physical worlds were turned upside down. When people came to Jesus, things weren't working right. They were just flipped. And they were crying out to him because life wasn't working. And so he finds people that had been upside down with disease, and now he puts them right side up. Or, you know. And so the gospel of the kingdom is about a king who is beyond anything you can imagine coming into your present situation 
and manifesting his healing grace and power in your life. The gospel of the kingdom is about the king that's greater than you could ever imagine. And there are aspects in certain areas in our life where we just need to have more revelation of his ability. Because we get to a certain place and we kind of like, well, I've already had that experience. You know, I know, I know that far. The Lord goes, yeah, but that, that's not far enough. I want to take you farther into what I'm able to do in your life. How many of you want to go further? You know, Jesus, he turned Zacchaeus, upside-down world of greed, into the right-side-up world of generosity. He can work. He's turned the woman at the well's upside-down world of relational brokenness to the right-side world of restoration of her broken heart by God's love being poured into her. And if you've ever had brokenness relationally and you, you receive the love of God that begins to heal that, there's nothing like it. Jesus turned the suffering lepers uh, upside down world that was physical and emotional abandonment. And he turned it right side up with a world of hugging, love, loving hugs, meaningful touch. So Jesus comes, he comes and does a great job. Now this verse 36 so the one before, it says he was out there doing the, the stuff that Jesus is good at doing. And people were coming to him, and he was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing and, and restoring people's lives. And then this is the motivation verse of it. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. And we've talked about this before, that this compassion that Jesus has is actually, he's a conduit of Father God's love for us. So Father God is the one, because Jesus said, I'm not here on my own. And in fact, listen to this, guys. Jesus is the only person ever in the history of the world that lived completely for the will of another person. Wow. He lived completely all the way through for the Father's will. Completely. So he became the channel, the vessel, the resource, the, the source, the, the flow through of Father's heart for us. Just somebody say, thank you, God. This is who you are. He had compassion for they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. This word's uh, harassed and helpless. In the King James Version, it says fainted and scattered abroad. In the New Living Translation, it says, confused and helpless. In the Amplified, it says, dispirited and distressed. One of the definitions in the original Greek for this is to be enfeebled through exhaustion and to throw to the ground. So literally, these people are, you know, when Jesus looks at this, he sees the condition of the heart. This is a, a level of brokenness, of, of hurt, of, of pain. How many of you know, by the way, I'm not going to preach on the rest of this, but he said, look, look, the harvest is ripe. How many people are distraught around you? How, do, how many people going through it? He says, pray for more laborers to go into the harvest. This is the, the, the context of this, even though I'm not going to focus on that other part, but the point is, we need people who are healed healers. Delivered deliverers, people who can share the testament, gone through the test uh, and been brought to a new place and say, Jesus will do it for you. This is what he's saying. Pray for this. Pray for that. Th there's people around you that are struggling. They're just not, the, the, the world, they may put on a happy face, 
fake it for a while, but there's such brokenness in the world. And, the Lord, and we want to be the same as Jesus. We want to be the conduits that help Father's love go through, move with compassion. And this is a, hey, I want more. How many of you want to be more like Jesus? Just more like him. You know what it's like? It's like this. I want to be more like you, Lord. And he goes, oh, good. That's wonderful. And he's not mocking you. But then there's like, you know, this, this in your life right here? Yeah. Well, Jesus didn't have that in his life. Whoa. I want to I be like Jesus, but I want this too. Well, and then you go a little while long. You go longer. You go a little while longer. And you realize, this is just not helping me the way I thought it was. And you begin to grow up. And the thing that you thought you had to have plus Jesus, now you go, this just, it's losing all interest to me because it doesn't serve what I thought it was serving. I think I've outgrown it. I think I've come to a place of becoming more like the Lord and where this is not, doesn't have that attraction to me anymore. Doesn't have the, I have a greater craving. I, I'm craving God instead. I want Him more than this stuff over here. The Lord is saying something to us right now. Because for you and I to go farther with Him, there's just certain, it's kind of like when you're, when you're going to go, so, you know, you're going to go like from your house and go on a certain vacation and you take a certain amount of stuff. But then you're going to go on a little day trip and you don't take it all. You, you kind of scale down and you take a little, but you realize you're going to stay overnight now and you're going to go another place and you don't have all your stuff and you just kind of like, you realize you, I need less and less the farther I go. <laughs> Okay, that was a fun example here. The other thing that is in this passage is that every version says, no matter which uh, words that they use for harassed or helpless, confused, dispirited, all of them say this, like sheep without a shepherd. I think to really get that point across would be to come and bring a real shepherd in and talk about the adventures of sheep. Because sheep just go places that don't make any sense to anybody. They go and find themselves in places, and you've got to go pull them out of holes and all kinds of stuff. Sheep just like, you're just not that together. It's almost like, Lord, what are you saying? And so he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom, that this king will come, and he will treat you in a way, and he will do things for you that will cause you to come along in life. And this is how Paul would say the same thing in Romans 8, 31 and 32. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So if you've been distraught, and when you're harassed, when you're helpless, when you're confused, dispirited, when you're distressed, when you're feeble through exhaustion and you can't get up, just how do we get to this God of compassion? Now, we're not going to show some slides for a minute, a little bit. We're going to hold off on that for a second. 
And I want you to look with me to Psalm 77 in the New Living Translation. I'm going to read it. You don't have to look it up because you'll probably have another version and I don't want you to be thrown by it. And I'm going to kind of dramatize it anyway. And uh, this, uh, this, what happens in this psalm is that it reveals the spirit of despair and it opens us to a solution. Now, the psalm was written by Asaph. What an interesting name, Asaph. And Asaph was an anointed drummer and percussionist, and he played cymbals. He was, like, really gifted. And he had four sons that joined him, and he was under King David. And King David, you know, at the very end of his life, he, he wrote about himself as being the sweet psalmist of Israel. Well, he handpicked some extraordinary musicians, and Asaph was one of those very extraordinary musicians. In fact, Asaph actually wrote some of the psalms, and this particular psalm was written by Asaph. And he wrote it so that Jedithan could actually lead it. And Jedithan was the string arranger and the choir director. So Jedithan was proficient on all the different kinds of string, gifted. These guys were majorly gifted. And it's so wild because... <laughs> Jonathan had six sons, six sons, and there were three primary guys. There was Asaph, there was Jonathan, and then there was this other guy that he's not involved in this song, but his name's Heman, and he had 14 sons and three daughters, and he played the pipes. He would, would charge of the trumpets and all that kind of thing, and what they did is they prophesied on their instruments. They would literally, they were under that anointing of King David, that giant slayer anointing. They had that that powerful, and King, the Bible reveals that King David actually created instruments. He, he, was, he would go and hear sounds and stuff and then say, I want to make something that would, and so he'd, he'd make more musical instruments. This is a wonderful, talented ability. And they would have these great groups of people that would sing, blow trumpets, different times and stuff. But this team, this family team, was uh, they would play this music and begin to prophetically speak out the future of Israel or what conditions they're going through and use this. And this particular psalm is really quite uh, potent in that regard. Uh, and a psalm, of course, is a piece of music. You've got to get that in your mind. Psalms are music. They're pieces of music that were sung, but they also served as the prayer manual of Israel. Remember that time in Jonah when he, he's in the belly of the well and he, it's like he, it looks like he, he prays like a psalm. And you go look for Jonah's prayer over in the psalms, you can't find it. Because they, they use the psalms as the prayer manual, so when they pray, they end up praying like a psalm. They would pour out their hearts in that same kind of way. So this particular psalm, I want you to kind of get in your imagination with me a little bit. And let's pretend that... We're in the presence of Asaph and Jonathan, and that this drama, because this has kind of got some pathos in it, some, some ache, some sadness in it. And there's, so you'll see these terms. Now, there's another term in here, and it's the New Living Translation uses the word interlude. Most pre, uh, translations use the word sila. Now, the word sila. Most people think it's just to suspend. Well, interlude is a better actual definition for what's going on. Because what happens is 
they proclaim something with a lyric and melody. They proclaim it, and then they say, Selah. And what they do in the Selah is they begin to play music that underscores the emotion and tone and mood of those words. So it's dramatized. The word is dramatized. The power of the message that's being sung, now they step back and they don't sing it, and they let it go with the music, and they just thunder forth, and they dramatize the power of the message. And that's what's going on here. So in this message of this Psalm 77, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. And so now imagine with me you have a drummer. You have a percussionist. And he's starting to set this thing up. And then you have the strings. And it's, it's like, like the dramatic. You know, you got this power. And then here comes this group of this choir. And they say, I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with my hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. Interlude. Could you imagine the music that followed that? I almost want to go, bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 or oh, 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 just something to just stir you up. Oh, how many of you had that kind of music going on in your head? Oh, 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 and you, you touch, you touch with the music, and you touch with the, the feeling of this, and you, your heart begins to feel the. The sadness of, I can't get to God. I'm struggling. I'm in pain. And he's not listening. And he pours all of that out with this music, this crazy dramatic music. The blues. I got no God. Where did he go? I don't know. I mean, they could have been the blues there. But it's blue. It's sad. And then they finish the interlude, and you're in this quickened moment of despair with this music. And then he continues. You don't let me sleep. I'm too stressed to even pray. I think of the good old days, long since ended, when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and ponder the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? Interlude. Oh, you can't imagine. Oh, my God. If you weren't depressed, by this time you are depressed. And they're playing music that now is enhancing. How many of you have had this torment, tormenting music go on on in your soul? 
where you have just been driven to despair, where you're just like gone. It could be something that happened to you, but here's the thing. You're, it's like the, the prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, and you just think of the song that you would play when you're depressed. And let that run in your... And that's what happens. People, people have stuff that goes on inside. There could be some kind of a, a de- season of depression in your life. This is how powerful music is. And you could have heard a song during that time, and you're happy, having a happy day, and you're riding along in your car, and that song comes on, and suddenly you feel depressed. Because that song was during that time. And you know, i got to get rid of that. That connection, that trigger to that. So these guys are playing this sadness and this again is pouring out. And then he comes to beginning to take a turn here. He says, and I, and I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned His hand against me. Then verse 11, he goes, but... Then I recall all you have done, Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Interlude. You feel starting to feel the victory. The music has changed. The interlude is positive. The impact of the of the mute. They're changing. Everything's changed. And you go, yes, yes. If I put my mind on the miracles that God did in the past for me, I will change the very mood of my soul. Hallelujah. I recall who he is. Paul matched this up in the New Testament when he said, Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. How many of you need a little help right now? God is findable when your world is upside down. Asaph is showing the way. He's dramatizing it with music. He's going, there's a way out, guys. There's a way to God. You can come out of the despair, of the agony, of the hopelessness. You can come out. Some of you just need to put on Rocky's theme song or get out the Hallelujah Chorus. Get out Handel's Messiah and listen to it. Get victory, the melodies of heaven in your soul. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and praise Him. Praise you, Jesus. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what you're distressed about. It doesn't matter. Jesus is moved with compassion. And He says, I'm going to sing a new song to you. And you're going to sing a brand new song. It's going to change your life.
How many of you heard the old, the old school? It says, yeah, I woke up, the Lord gave me a song. He gave me a song. I'm singing the song. It's a song of praise. It's a song of thanksgiving. It's a song of rejoicing. It's a miracle song. It's a song that recounts all the good things God has done for me. I'm singing the song. You have to tap into that. Especially in these days, you need to dig down deep. Redig the well in your own soul and let the trickle let the artesian well of this love and power of God begin to come up inside of you. And then other people around you begin to drink. And they go, wow, there's victory in the air. And I thought I was going to be stuck all of my... And suddenly the, what the power inside of you is flowing out. The melody inside of you is changing the atmosphere around you. Let's praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. That's why we worship around here. We get God into the situation. We know that when he comes, everything changes. Hallelujah. You can be just waking up in the morning and be such a just totally out of it. And then sit down, and there's something magical about coffee, I have to admit to me. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And sometimes I drink the coffee, and it's like the coffee goes, not here. You need something deeper than this. You don't need the caffeine this morning. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the love of Father God. That's going to wake your spirit up. That's going to cause you to connect. How many of you know that's the truth? And so the, that interlude finishes. And then they, this last portion, he says, this is what they go back to. Not only the personal victories. They go back to the personal victories. But now Asaph is writing down the corporate victory. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked in its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. The road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. You praise the Lord and he'll open up a way that nobody knew was there. It was impossible a minute ago, but it's not impossible now because I praise the Lord and he opened up a way there and there wasn't even a way. And he did it for me because I praised him in the midst of my despair. He made a way. How many of you? How many of you? This is kind of a regular thing. I get up in the morning, I have no idea. But when the love of God comes, the pathway comes. And it's the pathway. He, Jesus said, I am the way. Come on. I am the way. And when you're walking with Jesus, you have the way. And then he finishes with this little thought. You led your people along the road like a flock of sheep. We're back to the flock of sheep. We're back to being sheep again with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. See, they go back to their corporate memory of salvation which is the parting of the Red Sea. But we go back to our corporate memory of salvation, 
which is Jesus on the cross. They go back to the place where God led them to leave their old lives behind and to cross over to a promised land of freedom from oppression. We go back to a Savior who took all of our sins on his back, and he took them up to Calvary to be crucified in our place. They go back to this drama of the sea parting by the power of the wind blowing and and all of them crossing over on dry land and then Pharaoh's chariots being drowned in the sea as God closed the waters. We go back to the three hours of total darkness when Jesus was being crucified on the cross and to the thunder and the outpouring of creation's rain and tears. We go back to Christ forgiving those who are crucifying him. That's what we go back to. We go back to Christ promising paradise to a repentant thief beside him on a cross. We go back to Christ bleeding out on the cross because his blood and body fluids have left him bone dry. We go back to a Savior who, after a taste of water, lifts his head and says, It is finished! We go back to the Good Shepherd who lay down his life for the sheep. So are you distraught? Are you dispirited? Are you distressed? What music is playing in your head? And are you under the power of despair? Or have you tuned your heart to the pondering all the blessings that God has poured out upon you? Because you can find God when your world is turned upside down. Have you reconsidered that if He rescued you before, He will rescue you again? What is on your mind? What is the music playing in your head? Can I encourage you to sing a song that captures the heart of Asaph's psalm. Could I encourage you to sing a song that captures the life of the Apostle Paul? I traded my sorrows. I traded my shame. I laid them all down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm pressed, but not crushed. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I'm blessed beyond the curse, for His promise will endure, and His joy is going to be my strength. Though sorrow may last for the night, joy comes in the morning. I say yes, 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 Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and have those serving communion. Go ahead and get out our communion. Let's just worship the Lord for a minute. Praise you, Lord. I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame. I lay them all down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. 
laying it all down for the joy of the Lord. I'm saying yes. Lord, yes. Lord, yes, yes. Lord, I'm saying yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Go ahead and praise Him with me for a moment. Just praise Him. Something's shifting. The Word of God is freeing hearts. Just praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just declare it. I am in victory in Christ Jesus. Go ahead and say that. I am in victory in every place in my life. I am in triumph in Jesus Christ. I am in victory in Christ my Lord. Let's worship. Praise you, Lord. Grab a hold of him. Grab a hold of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I want to ask you to do is take a portion of the communion and hold it in your hand till all are served. Let's worship as we're doing this. Just worship Him. Just continue. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Impressed but not crushed. Struck down but not destroyed. I'm blessed beyond the curse. For his promise will endure. And his joy is going to be my strength. Though sorrow may last for the night, joy comes in the morning. It was Friday. Pilate had washed his hands. The people shouted Barabbas. They freed Barabbas. They led Jesus to the cross. It was Friday. The hammer came down. Pierced the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. The crown of thorns was put on his head. It was Friday was Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, but Sunday is all going to be different on Sunday. It's Friday where death reigned, where wounding was manifest, where hurt prevailed, where Jesus was abandoned by everybody that was close to him. But that's Friday. That's just Friday. Sunday. Sunday was coming. They put him in the tomb. Closed the rolled rock over and put guards on the door. That's all on Friday. But Sunday the angel came from heaven rolled away the stone. And Jesus is no longer in the grave. That's who you worship today. He said, this is my body. Victory power is in his body. 
On Friday, it went down. On Sunday, it came up. It's time for you to come up. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can be little. You can be the ancient of days in your own mind. Age is no, it has no limit on God. The Holy Spirit comes to every heart. It makes Jesus alive, whether you're little, like for my daughter, who was in a Christian environment where the presence of God was loved and where Jesus was served. The Holy Spirit comes and rests on the young when they're in, a, in an environment where Jesus is exalted. Would you praise the Lord with me just for a moment? You may have come to the Lord later in life, but Father God still has, still has your destiny in His heart. And you will not lose it because He's eliminated everything that would get in the way of it. He just wants you to take a hold of Him and walk with the one who rose on Sunday. He said, this is my body broken for you. This new covenant. And with this new covenant, this is what he says. I'm going to write my love on your heart. I'm going to give you my healing in your body. I'm going to cause you to be renewed in who you think you are. And I'm going to cause you to know who you are to me. Would you lift it? Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you came. And now every, every person, every person, say this, I receive you, Jesus. Say it again, I receive you, Jesus. I receive your salvation. I receive your wholeness. I receive forgiveness. I receive your, all, all that you are. And I receive it now in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and partake. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So said, he took the cup, the Last Supper. He took the cup and he held it, said, This is my blood poured out for you. There is no other source of forgiveness in the world. The foundation of forgiveness in the entire world is the blood of Jesus Christ. The forgiveness that Jesus brings to the human heart. No other religion. Everybody else has a set of rules. You've got to be better. You've got to try harder. You've got to obey this rule and that rule and this rule and that rule. You've got to do this and you've got to do that and you've got to, you've got to. And you come to Jesus and says, you've got to do nothing except believe that I did it for you. And we come humble and we come broken and we come needy and we come despairing and we come at everything. And he says, I took the burden of your life on me and I went to the cross 
and I paid for your redemption by pouring out my blood. And the price tag of your freedom was my blood. And it forgives everything. Will you receive it? Believe it and receive it. Completely. And I don't know why, but the human flesh argues with the complete work of God. I'm going to invite you to quit arguing with it and agree with it. And let it flow in you and let it flow through you. We receive the blood of the Lamb in the name of Jesus. Let's raise it. Say these words, I'm forgiven. Jesus forgives me. Father forgives me. I'm singing a new song. Hallelujah. I just gotta, I just gotta worship God again. Can we just praise Him one more time? Just go ahead. Is your heart filled with His goodness? Is He good to you? Is He good to you? Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Lift your voice. Hallelujah. 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 Such great salvation. Such phenomenal love like never known before. We praise you, Lord, for all that you are for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand together. Hug somebody. High five them. Say, love you. You're dismissed. <laughs> Go with the Lord. Amen.